W-B-N-E. Howdy, Oaks. Before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. We want to build this thing to be as big as it can be, and we want to make more podcasts for you, but we can't do it alone. If you enjoyed this episode and want more Bacon and Eggs, or maybe you need a service for your podcast, or maybe are looking for a network for your podcast to join, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs, or head to our website at wbnea.org. On our Patreon page, you can check out our new $10 tier, which is not new anymore, but it still says new on my reading thing right here. Uh, we're very up to date on everything, like your post office. Uh, but that grants you access not only to our bonus show, The Hash Browns, but you'll also get unedited episodes of Bacon and Eggs. Also, if you're looking for services for your podcast, be it editing or uh, looking to join a network to help grow your show or whatever it might be, you can head over to WBNE.org and click on the Join WBNE button. And use that as a sort of like an all-purpose contact form. Uh, you can hear all the behind-the-scenes moments that go into making an episode episode on the unedited episodes, and we can edit your episodes on WBNet.org. We could really use your help to make this podcast the best it can possibly be, so thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bigger Than Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edchill. And today we're bringing our girlfriend home for Christmas. Or maybe she's just a roommate. So kill your best friend's fish. And jam a painting over someone's head. Because today we're bringing you Happiest Season. So Happiest Season was directed by Clea Tuval, uh, which and it came out on November 25th, 2020, just five days ago. It's a Hulu street Hulu, Hulu. A Hulu original movie, which is Hulu not something I ever movie. thought we were really gonna run no. up against. You know, we've been do- last week was a Hulu as well. Yeah, but it was not uh, a Hulu original movie. It was just on Hulu. Yes. Uh Hulu. So we we don't Hulu. know the budget. My guess would be $25 million. Uh, that seems like so much. Do you think? Yeah. They made know. Love I, Simon on like eight million. Okay. Well, then maybe it's in that $8 million I range. I, I have no idea. It made Hulu money. I, I've talked to a lot of people who have already seen it, but also hey, when Siri, we asked for scores. Hey, Siri, how much did Love, scores, Simon cost to make? That did told me nothing. Frick you, Siri. I've spoken to a lot of people who have already seen this, but I think also the circles I exist in are like gay Christian movie. Or gay Christian. Gay Christmas movie? <laughs> Sign me up. Gay, so, gay, gay Christian <laughs> movie. You know what? I've seen christianmingle.com the movie and that kind of falls into that category as well uh got an 83 percent critic rating and 84 percent audience rating on rotten tomatoes and a 69 on metacritic uh ethan do you have listener reviews i do i also have a professional negative review do you have a professional which is the thing review. i do first <laughs> okay professional negative review. i got what, a, what a, a review here from jake wilson of the age in australia uh and oh you doing the accent oh do i have to you have to, 100%. Happiest season sets itself the challenge of acknowledging pain and conflict while somehow finding its way to unifying to a unifying happy end. But the sentiment here, never take feelings in, especially as much of the writing is broad to a point of crudity. Beautiful. I have uh, a review from Clarice Lawfrey at The Independent in the United Kingdom. And she says, It's the performances, each funny and grounded in their own way, that make Happy Season feel like such a gift. And that review came out on my birthday, where it already is my birthday in the UK. Very new review. Very new. Four out of five stars. We also have listener reviews from Bacon and Eggs listeners like yourself in the Bacon and Eggs Discord. Go Discord. Nope, not Discord.com. Go to Patreon. 
patreon.com slash bacon and eggs to join the Discord. $3 it's, a month. Yeah, it's nothing, man. You get a you get a you get a coffee in Legoland for that. You can go to Discord.com, but it's not going to get you very far toward joining the bacon and eggs Discord. Which is behind a paywall. Which is behind a paywall. A <laughs> uh I, I really liked our, our listener reviews. Uh, we have a negative review this week, so I want to read the negative review since I do the positive review. Yeah. Usually we just have positive reviews. We have a properly negative review of this movie. Uh so this comes from Vinny, uh, and she said they say this comes from Vinny and they say queer rep is cool but this is a bad story the couple shouldn't have stayed together they shouldn't have treated Jane like that every character except Abby is bad and they end up spinning it off with some classic always forgive family magic and ew 25 out of 100 and I've got a positive review here from Pix who says 86 out of 100 I love that this features a real queer relationship and that the holiday love story tropes were still all here but felt refreshed and before I forget the statement I was going to make I do just want to make this point real quick Um, at some point Dan Levy's character who I think John is his name I don't really know yes um, John he uh he says to to uh Abby played by Kristen Stewart that like everybody has their own story and everybody has their own journey and like that's the same with this movie like it's not gonna hit everybody the same I, I think you're right I think also I'm curious your uh Ethan score on this uh, I give it a 60 I give it a 65 really yeah um so you got a couple a little... things to play here uh let's just dive straight into it you got a couple things to play here one, uh, it's very cool to see like a properly gay Christmas movie, right? I'll tell you what's even better than a properly gay Christmas movie. A uh, mediocre, a mediocre gay Christmas movie. <laughs> How it, awesome is that? It does but, go like, a long way toward uh, normalizing things, but I don't, it doesn't like it. It, it still definitely is. There's some weird steps in here, right? Like um, it is, it is a step in a direction. It is a step in a direction. And I, we, 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 Tyler and I are not queer people, right? No, we are huge allies though. I didn't realize this. Uh, so we did Hearts Beats Loud last week. I think the last like 10 movies I've watched, more than half of them have featured at least a queer character. It's in just some way. starting to be so in there that it don't even notice it anymore. Yeah, because I because I had seen Heartbeat Hearts Beat Loud and I forgot yeah, which that is there were queer awesome. characters in it. Love it, love it. But at the same time, like even as a straight white dude, I was like, I need to talk to some people about this and see not how I'm supposed to feel, but like get the kind of temperature in the water because there were some parts of it that still felt weird even to me as Jane the ally, who doesn't have my own secrets, but I am an ally. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, so my understanding is Jane's character, the actress that plays Jane, wrote this. Uh, oh. I could be wrong about that. So I've heard uh, that, that she was somebody in, the writer was somebody in the movie. Uh, let's see. So Jane is not listed here on the uh, this version of it. So let me pull it up on IMDb. Oh, but on the other on the other side of that, I just want to finish the point I was making. On one hand, you have a, it's cool. The queer representation is cool in a Christmas movie, and it's cool that it, it just starts breaking down the doors a little bit because they can't all be beautiful art films, right? You still have to make bad movies about gay people. You still have to make mediocre movies about gay people to the point where they just becomes part of movies. That being said, this is an uncomfortable Christmas movie to watch. Why do you think it's uncomfortable? It's supposed to be like a feel good movie. No, it's not though. At the end of it, sure. But it's this, it's this still, it's this white family Christmas card type. This is Deck the Halls without Matthew Broderick, right? It's, it's just like everything that could possibly go wrong goes, could possibly go wrong goes wrong for a white family at Christmas. So this to me is miles ahead of, so I, unpopular opinion here. A lot of people who love Christmas movies will love Christmas Vacation. Uh, I, nothing makes me more uncomfortable than Christmas Vacation. Like, watching um, yeah. Chevy Chase fail and, like, a squirrel jump out of his Christmas tree makes me, like, it makes my skin crawl. Right, this is a just a milk toast version of Christmas Vacation. I think this is better than Christmas Vacation. Truthfully, I think it's because uh, Mackenzie Davis looks so much like, uh, gosh, I cannot think of her name Sarah right Paulson? now. Sarah uh, Paulson? Who's Sarah Paulson? 
Sarah Paulson is Sarah. I, she's Sarah Paulson. I don't know how to. No, she looks so much like Allison Williams. Oh, I was uh, mixing up who Mackenzie Davis was because no, the girl Mackenzie who plays Davis, Jane looks like Sarah Paulson. Mary Holland is who you're thinking of. Yes. Uh, uh, the, McKen- yes. The, the 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 actress that plays uh, Harper looks so much like Allison Williams that I got huge Get Out vibes as soon as I as soon as she was like, I'm taking my girlfriend home for Christmas, and I was like, Is this gonna be? Is Christmas Are they gonna, gonna do killed? a lobotomy? I, I genuinely like. I was watching. They were in the car driving down there, and then she it was, was like, the I have something to tell you about my pa- I was like, Oh God, this She's is like, it. Hey, you got to know something about my family. And it's like, Whoa, uh, Whoa, your family kills black people and takes their bodies. I and then and then uh, they get there, and Mary Steenburgen is playing the mom in a Christmas movie. What are the odds? That's like her the only mom role. Elf. Yeah. <laughs> And freaking Victor Garber, my dude. I love Victor, Victor Garber. Garber. So much. I I don't know who he is outside of this. I don't. So Victor Garber him. is the 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 jackass lawyer from Legally Blonde. He's the the uh, ship Callahan, engineer from yeah. Titanic. He plays Thomas Andrews. Yes. Uh, in Titanic, he is a bunch of people. He's in Chicago. He's a song and dance man. Yes, he's fantastic. I was, I was excited to see him in the film, even if he is playing like a sort of homophobic. He does politician. his part. He does th- these parts very well, right? Yeah. Like he, he's a he's a real Chris Cooper type. Chris Cooper's the dad in October Sky. Okay. Yeah. 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 Where it's like when uh, he gets to play jerk face dad it like works yes uh, so phenomenal cast all across the board uh it took me about halfway through the movie to recognize allison brie she looks so different yeah i didn't i didn't realize that was allison brie until uh well until we started recording truthfully yeah uh, fantastic cast across the board um just oodles of of wonderful uh women actors and dan levy levy however it's pronounced however it's pronounced and and uh jonathan mcdormand from greek wait who or jake mcdormand i'm sorry jake mcdormand from greek who's jake mcdormand from greek who does he play in in greek and who does he play in this he he is uh is he oh connor God, he is yeah he's connor he's the ex-boyfriend and then in greek he was evan chambers no yes yes no evan chambers yes. is the guy from limitless yeah he looks so different <laughs> he doesn't he looks exactly the same he looks so different it's the same dude what it's the same dude you could tell you could tell they were like we couldn't get Jonathan Groff. I guess it's Jake McDormand okay? You could tell that was the casting room conversation. Ugh. He's in the he right stuff. It. I've been told to watch that. He nailed it. And Dan Levy. I don't think that. I paid attention anytime Connor was on screen. Uh, his character was so just like, oh, he's Insanely there to forgettable. be. Forgettable, but also he was just so uh, formulaic. He was there to be like the enemy. So, right, because uh, Harper needed a guy and Abby needed a girl. So I'll confess to you, I was drinking red wine while I watched this. And I was also, you know, just kind of doom scrolling through Discord Twitter while this was all happening. So there's a little bit of detail I missed. Um, uh, first half, the first act drags. I missed a bunch of stuff. I want to know if you can tell me more broad or more specific than she's the other ex-girlfriend or the other ex. What is Aubrey Plaza doing in this movie? So Aubrey Plaza, Riley, is the she was uh, she was Harper's lesbian awakening. Yes, and she's like the family friend. Right. So she she's shows up friend. at all the family events. And when Harper was pushed to either confirm or deny the rumors she was like oh my god riley's a lesbian and wants to like get with me so bad okay that scene i missed and just like okay. destroyed riley okay and 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 so riley tells abby that and abby's like well that's exactly what she's doing to me right now and then riley's like no no way you know aubrey plaza <laughs> totally yeah, not. I, I couldn't happen to you no way <laughs> I didn't think she had any business being in this movie, truthfully. Uh, no, I thought she was fantastic. I love her character. Well, I think it's because I looked down while that was happening, so I missed that whole arc. Yeah, because Abby needs end, a friend, like, right? Abby needs a confidant. and Somebody that doesn't like... She's not pushing her by any... Because it could have been really shitty, right? It could have been this girl pressures Abby into breaking up with Harper. Or it could have been Abby 
goes on this trip, meets Riley, who is out and comfortable. Right. And, and ends up with Riley. Right. And and that's what she was there for, was to be that fear. Was to just be that red herring. To be that viewer. red herring. Yeah. Well, she's that fear for Harper that, that you know, uh, that, that Abby's just going to fall for the hot lesbian girl that's like out and comfortable. And Abby's fear is that Harper's going to fall for the, the hot guy that she used to date and realize that she was never actually a lesbian or whatever. Because Abby's got some, some, some like of her own demons to deal with, right? Like she's, she seems like she's never really had it bad as a gay. Like she, even when pressed, she was like, yeah, my parents loved and supported me. And, and Dan Levy was like, oh, that's cute. My dad didn't speak to me for 13 years. Check your lane. Which is not true. Eugene Levy loves Dan. Is Dan, uh, is Dan gay? Uh, I know that, so, so Schitt's Creek is all about a world where there is no homophobia. Oh. That's cool. It's very, very cool the way it plays out. Uh, I've put it in my in my list after a couple other things. So, and then the the, the quote he has in Shit's Creek is he's talking to uh, sort of his like female counterpart uh, about his sexuality, and this is like the only time they address it in the whole show. And then he ends up marrying a man at the end, where she's like, "Do you drink red wine or white wine?" And he's like, "I drink red, but sometimes I drink white." And then he says, "I like the wine, but not the label." So I think he's playing a, a pansexual character. Gotcha. In the show, um, I just wasn't sure. If if he was like the next great gay actor. I, I, I mean, I don't know that he's not, and I don't want to say that I would assume that he is, but I believe that he is gay i yeah i just i legitimately don't know much about this guy i didn't know if there was some like thing i was because it seems like he's shit's creek is definitely something and i don't know if like it finished up recently or it's what. over yeah but it did it did it just recently finish yeah yeah okay. so it finished and then it won all the awards right yeah um, i know it swept the the emmys or whatever and it's definitely been one of those like tiger king moments during quarantine yeah where everybody's like okay i pick this thing up um I was going to watch it after I was done with The Queen's Gambit, but I'm going to have to watch Mad Men again. <laughs> uh, Queen's Gambit is high on my list as it's well. It's very, it's exceptionally good. Uh, it's It's got its own set of problems in, in that it was like a show about a woman written almost entirely by men. And that's, you know, comes with its own share of issues. Um, but apparently they did a lot to like reclaim the book or whatever. Is there a book? There is a book. And it was just apparent. I, I don't know if it's, a, I don't think it's a biography or like an autobiography. I think it's like somebody writing a book about Beth Harmon. And is that, I don't know who Beth Harmon she is. She was a chess player. Oh, it's a, cool. it's a biopic. Neat. Uh, I believe. Um, but from what I understand about the book is it's just a bunch of like lesbian fetishizing. Mm. Um, I'm not entirely sure who wrote the book, but I think it was a, a man writing a book about this, this woman chess player who is like the only woman chess player during her time. But it's set in the 60s and it looks exactly like Mad Men and now it's making me want to watch Men. It's just like smoke gets in your eyes for seven straight episodes. Uh, there was something recently that I saw that was very smoke gets in your eyes. And it was a, it was an ad for something where I was like, they just they just opened a door they didn't realize they could open. And I, I can't remember what it was now. Well, the thing is, Mad Men's been out long enough that you can just copy it now. That's one thing I've seen where a lot of people, like, if you, you'll end up, if you're on business TikTok at all, you'll eventually end up on, you know, marketing and advertising TikTok. And people will be like, yeah, I have a degree in advertising, but I learned more from Mad Men than my degree, which is which is misleading, listener. Mad Men colored the outlines their degree created, okay? Yeah, if, if you don't sense. know anything about marketing and advertising, you don't learn anything about marketing and advertising from Mad Men. Right. <laughs> so, like, Mad Men is, is practical examples of the concepts that you've been studying and taking tests on. It is not, like, like it's, it's the same with uh, The Good Place, where if you watch it and you're like, oh, they talked about, you know, philosophy and I learned this lesson. You're not going to be like, I know that David Hume said this. It, like, I don't know anything about marketing or advertising. I did learn a lot about design from Mad Men, hmm. about the thought behind, like, font choice and stuff like that, like, product design. I think Mad Men colors every time I do, like, an album cover or something like that. Anything that I'm, I'm putting a font on. I think about Mad Men. I think about like what Don Draper would do with this font. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about character names in Happiest Place or Happiest Season. Uh, <laughs> Happiest Place Creek 
Happiest Place Creek. Uh, 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 I, I love the character names here. I know they're like basic white people names, but they're just, just right, of, just left of center enough that I'm like, these are great names. Harper, Sloan, and Jane are great names. Harper, Sloan, Jane, Tipper? Nope, bad name, bad name. Disagree, Tipper's great. No, no, if your name, because nobody names their child Tipper, right? Like it's a nickname for something. I don't know what. Right. Um, but if your name is Tipper, you're a b well, you suck. Mary, Mary Steenberg Mary exclusively plays mom. No, she doesn't. Who who just discovered Instagram. No, she doesn't. Have you watched Elf? I have seen Elf. She She's believes in him. She does believe in him. Uh, I'm excited to see her at Christmas time again. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, no, Tipper Tipper's a name that sucks. But jo so Sloan, Sloan, Harper, and Jane are great, great girl names. How often do you find yourself on the side of TikTok that's like, every Hallmark movie is this? Uh, frequently. How many Hallmark movies have you actually seen in this lifetime? Dozens. Hundreds. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think I've seen zero. Yeah. I've seen a lot. Hallmark movies, Hallmark Christmas movies, Lifetime Christmas movies, sort of the same thing. Um, they, and, and, they all follow the- uh, And let's the, be real, Hallmark Ryan doesn't Reynolds. really make movies anymore. They just sell them to Netflix. No, they still make movies. They make like 25 a year. Sure. And a lot of them, they sell to Netflix. Netflix has a certain aesthetic that they go for. Right. So does Hallmark. Netflix currently, if you look at Netflix Christmas movies, it's like B-side Hallmark movies. Mm -hmm. They're terrible. The Princess Switch 3 switched again. The fact of the matter- I want to watch one of these Hallmark Christmas movies. Dude, they're garbage, uh, but you will, like, they they feel like a glass of red wine. See. Like, you will cry, and you but, but the whole time you'll be like, this is so stupid. And then at the end, something happens, right? Like, the girl leaves her big city advertising job and falls in love with the woodworker from Vermont, and they start making, you know, homemade candles together, and you're like, I just... It's so beautiful the way they do the candles together. I can't. You know, it, I think a lot of times we forget that white people have their own culture and we just want to make fun of it or say that like white people lack culture entirely. Then you watch one of those Hallmark movies and man, it gets you every time. Sure. Yeah. Because how great would it be to move to Vermont and make hand dipped candles? <laughs> uh, dude, it'd be great to make anything. You think? Yeah, I think so. To be like an artisan. To be like, I these are my hand dipped candles. Right. Like in, 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 uh, in freaking, freaking uh, Parks and Rec. When Ron Swanson's like, I make six chairs a year. I'm like, that sounds awesome. Are you saying we should watch more movies with Nick Offerman? Because last week we did it and I was delighted. Yeah, I mean, Nick Offerman's great. Okay. He's not in a whole ton of stuff. No, yeah, because he's busy being like a great person. Right, and he was Ron Swanson for seven years. Right. Um, You know, it'd be great to move to Vermont and make anything. Anything out of wood, leather, wax, anything. Metal. Like when Sean Gervin in, in college was like, I want to become a blacksmith. I was like, that's so cool man you do you know that. i think that's what he ended up doing he did yeah he just did it he just does it he just like makes blacksmith stuff and i'm like man i couldn't uh, i couldn't even do i couldn't make this pewter cup that tyler didn't win wow wow he's just gotta bring the pewter cup in <laughs> i again. found it the other day uh, you jerk you jer it's always about the pewter cup it's it all comes back to that it's always about the pewter cup uh you know the pewter cup i think about it every day that's not true i rarely think about it until it comes up and then i'm like this was such an injustice uh, uh, so anyway, I, I want to talk about. I want to justify my score here for a minute. I did. I gave this a sixty because I don't like watching movies like this. Um, any of these, like like everything gets horrible and awkward, and they fight, and somebody breaks a painting over to somebody's head. Christmas movies. I'm so over those. There's so many of them, and like I just am over the whole thing. Uh, I, I will watch Christmas Vacation just because I do think it's an exceptionally funny movie out so of that bad. batch of movies. So bad. Um, I, I, that, that is my no nuance November. Christmas Vacation isn't good now. It never was. It is Here still is good and it, it always was good. It is just an uncomfortable form of humor 
that hasn't aged particularly well. It's it's not any different than The Office. Where do you land on like Home Alone? Like watching a kid beat the crap out of two. Never liked those movies. I've never enjoyed them. Yeah, me neither. So I didn't watch a lot of the uh, Christmas movies that like kids our age watched. I would say like I didn't really. I wasn't. I wasn't very much exposed to the uh, the Home Alone movies. I wasn't really exposed to the Santa Claus movies. Santa Claus movies ended up being a cult classic I did not expect. Yeah, people love those movies. I do not. I've seen them as an adult and I was like, this is not great. I don't love this the way I love other movies. I, I think that's an entirely nostalgia factor thing. I actually do like the Santa Claus movies, though. I, I love anything that, that involves the Santa myth. I'm a sucker for it. I usually am, too. It's my. It, I think that the Santa Claus with Tim Burton, not Tim Burton, Tim Allen, is my least favorite piece of the Santa myth. Uh, my least favorite sort of and, and it's not like it's not necessarily nostalgia because like I will find a new Christmas movie almost every year that I adore. I uh because so it's it's become such an industry, right? Like Hallmark puts out twenty five of them. It's spaghetti. It's just wall spaghetti, right? Right. We'll just keep throwing stuff at it and see what sticks. And this one I think will stick for the LGBT community. If nothing else, as like a there was this perfectly bad movie that right. that had accessible LGBT characters and had this message of acceptance. And I, I I understand Vinny's response being like family trumps all is not you know that's that's a garbage ending. I I agree. Uh, I I mean I don't think it's a garbage ending, but I also have a very exceptionally good relationship with my I family. Just, there's so many movies made about family at Christmas at this point. It's like the, the the rest of us deserve something. But that's what the thing is, is that Christmas is like, like a lot of people will tell you that Christmas is about family. Right. And I'm very tired of it. I just don't think you can argue that point though, that like, that's what people believe Christmas is about. Right. But that takes Christmas away from a lot of people. So tell me, tell, let me ask you this question. Am I just straight? And this is my own straight glasses coloring this or were uh, Harper and Abby exceptionally physical every time? they were alone uh yeah i mean that's just like like i i honestly i think that's your straight glasses because it's the same way in uh every straight movie especially christmas movies i guess it's because in like in straight movies and a lot of i mean gay movies now well they find different reasons in christmas movies for the, the 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 boyfriend and the girlfriend or the husband and the wife to sleep in different beds at christmas right they always there's always reasons like this right it's like well well grandmother I mean, this... doesn't want us sleeping in the same bed together and then when they do finally get in the same room they're like oh let's <laughs> Let's get like that, physical. That, that, it is <laughs> it is more in this movie outside of your experience, and therefore it kind of it seems like it comes up more. But I did I, right. I wasn't noticing of it particularly any more than any other. Uh, I, I wasn't bothered by it, but I I did notice it. Um, and I guess I mean when you think about Christmas Vacation, like I it, I'm not bothered by it. I thought it was an interesting directorial decision, but I also was like, this is very much my own prejudice coloring this feeling, and I'm recognizing this, and I'm just gonna get over it. Well, because then I think about Christmas Vacation when there's like an entire scene dedicated to it and then like a meme made into the entire series of Chevy Chase like fantasizing about cheating on his wife which I think is significantly worse yeah. like <laughs> this first thing isn't a bad thing Chevy Chase cheating on his wife is a bad the fact thing. about it is that uh the, the couple's engaging in physical intimacy gives them a very good opportunity to be caught right engaging in physical intimacy right right because like so, it's harder so, it's real hard to explain why you're both naked right but then uh allison brie catches on sloan catches on she's like uh doesn't harper live in a one-bedroom apartment and she catches and on he, almost immediately and chris and stewart's like uh i sleep in the pantry and the, like, the thing <laughs> is is the funniest line in this movie is when she calls up john and she's like yeah they think that i'm her roommate and he's like have they never seen a lesbian <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is, is Kristen Stewart gay in real life? 
I have no idea. I will say she is definitely taking on more of these roles. I, you know, it's none of my business. I think Kristen Stewart has led a particularly, uh, it's none of your business life. I know mm. very little about Kristen Stewart. I was watching this movie with my mother-in-law and my wife and my mother-in-law, as soon as Kristen Stewart gets on screen, goes, I hate Kristen Stewart. And I, don't, I mean, and I was like, you do? And I was like, she's doing fine in this film. She's phenomenal. Well, I mean, I don't think, I don't think anyone, let me be clear. Nobody in this is phenomenal. Everybody. No, but she's a phenomenal, just uh, human actress. What, what, it, I, tell me more about this. Other than like, was Bella in Twilight? So I'm not basing this on Twilight at all. There was nothing to work with in that script for either of them. Um, Pattinson turned out to be a phenomenal actor. And then she kind of just went quiet for a while. Um, I watched the Charlie's Angels movie. She was really good in that. I, I loved her. The first movie I ever saw her in was Adventureland. Uh, with freaking, uh, 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 Jesse Eisenberg. Fantastic movie. Really? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's a bad movie. She's good in it, though. Mm. She has the worst, uh, RBF of all time, and people do not like that about her. Like, she doesn't naturally smile a lot, and that intimidates right. people. That scares people. Um... Right. God, did you see the video on TikTok of the Australian comedian, female comedian, that was like, I have resting face, but only women ha can have resting face. Men just have very important thoughts that you can't interrupt them having. And I was like, damn, I feel seen and called out. We treat women with such disrespect. For we sure. As a society. Not a fan of it. And I think I think we need to come around on that. Because like, I have resting problem. bitch face. I, I would say that you do. I, yeah, for I sure would. I do. I'd say that to your face. Yeah, no, I know it. I'm admitting because I, I take self-portraits a lot. And I'll be like, if I don't like, if there's not somebody on the other end of the camera making me laugh, I look pissed in a photo. Speaking of Adventureland, I have a review from uh, Richard Probst on September 1st, 2020 uh, from the independentcritic.com. And he says, uh, Adventureland is a fine film. 3.5 out of 4. Adventureland is a fine film. Um, This is, is like truly, because this is better than a Hallmark movie, right? Like this is... um better than your average Hallmark movie. It's better than I would expect from a, a Hulu original streaming movie, right? This is a proper Fox 2000 mid-budget Christmas movie. Yeah, so I think your concern that Fox 2000 going away means mid-budget movies end, the answer to that is Netflix and Hulu will make them. Also, Which I have we a have really entirely, hard time. We have, we have, it's the damn only good thing to come from coronavirus, it is it that is. studios, movie studios, are switching to, to, to home release markets again, right? Yes. Like, direct-to-DVD is back in a big way, in a way that has never been seen before. Well, it's not even DVD. It's like direct to streaming. Yes, I know it's not direct to DVD. It's just the phrase. It's part of the thing. It's the lexicon of it. I, I know it's the lexicon of it, but like the fact that it's direct to streaming is like, I don't even have to go to the red box to see Happiest Season. No, it's like, yeah, this is incredible because you told me, I saw it in Discord, I saw it on Twitter. You told me like, hey, we should watch Happiest Season. I was just like, okay, cool. I have seen things about this movie. I'll see it. And it's just there, right? It's just there. Now it's Hulu. Less people have a Hulu subscription than pretty much anything else. But so my my reasoning on Hulu, because I know that like a lot of the success of this show hinges on the box office success of the movie that we review, because the more people that have seen it, the more people will naturally click on it. I know there are plenty of you diehard listeners who will listen to us talk about anything, which we appreciate. Hello, I'm talking to you. I appreciate you. Yeah, it's so much easier of a sell, though, where you can be like, okay, American listeners, at least this is on Netflix. Or everybody has Netflix. Everybody has Netflix. And and the reason I was okay with Hulu is because Hulu comes free, I think, with either Disney Plus or Spotify. One of the or two. Both. There's some deal. It's both. It's definitely yeah. both. Where you can get all of the above for like a discount. Right, because Hulu uh, sucks. Um, the Hulu catalog is weak compared to everything else. It still is. Um, it has commercials. It has ads. Stuff. And even in its infancy, HBO Max has a much better catalog than, than Hulu does. It is HBO twice Max? as much as a much better catalog. I'm going to get HBO Max. 
It's good. It's got a lot of Most, good stuff. Mostly because of Wonder Woman. Yeah. It's going to be my big sell Christmas day. I'm going to watch Wonder Woman and Soul, and it's going to be a nice day. Should we do a double episode week? No, because you're taking the following week off. Uh, yeah. So honestly, those we won't even get to review either of those. I forgot about Soul. Be I can, we, can, I, we, can, we can reconvene for an episode and Soul. I forgot about Soul. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. But then you have to edit it. Uh, Soul's big. Um, no, I, I really thought this was a fan. I mean... I won't say fantastic film. This is a this is a rare situation where I finished a movie and I wasn't like that's my favorite movie. Um, but it does it it's brings... Return of the Jedi, right? Like if you said this is your least favorite movie, I'd be like, eh, it's that's kind of homophobic. Uh, and if you said this is your favorite movie ever, I'd be kind of like, okay, I mean, sure. Are you saying C three PO is gay? Three PO. Are you saying three PO is gay? No, I was trying to say. I'm saying that like what I talked about on the our episode of the Man, the Monday Lorian, where I was like, if if the Return of the Jedi is your least favorite Star Wars movie, you just hate Return of the Jedi to hate Return of the Jedi, right? Like, I think I think there's a certain level of nuance. Return of the Jedi has power, right? It is it is this sort of indie thing. I don't even know what to compare it to. Where you sit down with a group of people and they say, oh, Return of the Jedi is the best in the series. Oh, or oh, Return of the Jedi is the worst of the series. There's a certain level of implied nuance that comes with that statement of like, I've really thought about. It. I don't think that the original trilogy is good just because we treat it with reverence and I think Return of the Jedi gets away with too much or flip side I think the uh the the comical nature and the lightheartedness of Return of the Jedi as a as as, as, as not a penultimate but an, as a finale is a denouement. A denouement is is valuable in ways that you don't see in other films. You don't get that in Endgame. You don't get that in you know. And it, it, it is a denouement. I don't even know what that is. That's a new phrase for me. I'm guessing that means finale. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a finale. In, you know, in ways that you don't get in other series. And and I think for that reason, it makes it the best in the saga. Uh, you know, how do I love Star Wars without the stakes of Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope? And and to, to that, I respond and say, I don't think you've watched Empire or A New Hope because they both have pretty low stakes. I mean, I know they blow up a Death Star, but like there's like an entire Nazi speech and seven planets get blown up in. in uh, I think about uh, the speech in Force Awakens. In Force Awakens. Every day. <laughs> it is one of the truly great moments in blockbuster filmmaking because they let J.J. Abrams stick a camera 13 centimeters away from from uh Domino Gleason from Domino Gleason's face and stuck him and you can hear like space birds chirping and stuff it's a full-on Wes Anderson scene in the middle of Star Wars it's a fantastic scene like they could have legitimately replaced him with Edward Norton for one scene and I wouldn't have noticed <laughs> Imagine they just did like Wes Anderson casting for the whole thing where like all of a sudden it's not Ray, that's Owen Wilson. That's not that's not Han Solo, that's Bill Murray. That's not Poe Dameron, that's I've Luke been watching Wilson. some Wes Anderson movies recently, been catching back up on on, on old Wes. Uh the dude's phenomenal. So good. He's got some uh, diversity issues he needs to rectify pretty quick. Um yeah. Some, some huge diversity issues in his casting. Uh, but. How many casts do you know feature live foxes? That's what I want to know. Oh, uh, that one does not include a live fox. It includes a claymation fox voiced by George Clooney. <laughs> I've actually never seen that one, but it's like 90 minutes, so it's a prime feature for bacon and eggs. It's it's one of my least favorite Wes Anderson movies. Okay, but that Fantastic Mr. Fox also carries a certain nuance when you sit down sure, and yeah. talk to really douchey film people, and they're like, what's oh, your dude, favorite Wes Anderson? The thing is, is, is <laughs> If you like Wes Anderson movies, you can talk to douchey film people and they'll respect you. Right. Like there's definitely if you're like if you're like my favorite movie is Fantastic Mr. Fox, you you just think you're better than everybody. Right. And that's fine. You can think that. So so your favorite movie is Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's not even my favorite Wes Anderson movie. It's not my top five Wes Anderson movies. Uh I don't know that I've seen five. It's look, I also dude, haven't seen It's Fantastic not Mr. my Fox. favorite claymation Wes Anderson movie. You like Isle of Dogs? Yeah. I you know, the further I get from seeing Isle of Dogs, the the more I'm like, Yeah, it was okay. It was exceptional. It's not, I mean, it's not Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, 
tackles quarantine, right? Yeah, it does. Which, if you never watched Grand Budapest, you should. It is a. Uh... I've I, so I've Grand Budapest. It's been covered on the show, so it's. I mean, it's essentially outside of my necessary necessary watching entirely. Um, because you covered it with Ineth when I. I did. Uh, but it is on Netflix, and it oh, is sincerely us. Check out this preview for sincerely us. Brand new preview for sincerely us right here. Hi, I'm Eni, and I'm Becca. And we host the casual musical theater podcast, Sincerely Us. We break down all the themes, motifs, and plot lines of your favorite musicals while also having fun and sharing our love for the craft. We cover new shows, old shows, popular shows, and everything in between. Everything from Hamilton all the way back to She Loves Me and beyond. We keep things light, explain in detail, and try to make the topic of musical theater accessible to everyone. So whether you've been into theater your entire life or have just gotten into it after seeing Hamilton, this is the show for you. With new episodes every Wednesday on WBNE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And now on Spotify. Uh, it is, um, it is it, like Wes Anderson's mag, like I know he's made movies since then and will continue to make movies since then, but it definitely was like him being like, okay, but this is the movie, right? Like this I is, this is my submission to the Lifetime Achievement Award. I get that vibe when it is on near me, that that is the case. Enough about Wes Anderson, though. Let's go much lower stakes. Talk to me more about Happiest Season, written by <sighs> Clea Duvall. Dude, it's just fine. It's a fine movie. It's it's a 6 out of 10. It's a comfy 6 out of 10. How, how much do you feel for Jane? A lot. Jane is the tragedy this movie wants you to forget. She spent 100 hours on a fantastic painting. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I felt like Jane I mean, for a long time because my family never knew how to engage with the things I did. I mean, I, f I feel that same way. Like where I would do music and stuff and it's it's all very ethereal and ephemeral and it requires a lot of explanation. And now right. it's like I'm, you know, and I, I do podcasts, right? And that requires even more explanation. Doing podcasts, explaining podcasts to somebody who does not exist in the greater podcasting community of I've listened to Serial or My Favorite Murder or what's another big, Joe Rogan even. If somebody who's never listened to a podcast, do you know how hard it is to explain podcasts it's to people. It's impossible. What is it? Do you remember radio shows? Yes. When can I listen to it? Not like that. Uh... Like, my grandmother, God love her, has never listened to a single episode of Bacon and Egg. But she will, like, text me once every two weeks and be like, I just love this photo book you made. Oh, that's Because sweet. it's just, like, it's something they can interface with and hold in their hands and look at. And that has definitely been part of the, uh, the, like desire for me with photography is it's just been something that it's like easily explainable right right and be like i take pretty pictures we're like oh show me and i can just i can pull out my phone and be like this is what i'm proud of and this is what i'm proud of and this is what i'm proud of because you probably run in the same problem with the with the even if you were like do you have a cd player or even if you pulled it up on spotify and you were like yeah this is my band they're like oh it's cool. like but it's also like i i found even as your best friend you'd be like this is my band i'd be like okay but what part of it is you right and that's like even like i'm friends with so many musicians and i have such an appreciation for musicians but when you hear something as complete as a Drop the Girl song, it is very hard to be like, you did this? And it's it's, it's not that I don't believe that you have the capability sure, or anything. Yeah. It's just like, I don't even know what set of skills you developed where I was while I wasn't looking that led you to this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and I know that you did that, and I'm extremely proud of Drop the Girl. I'm Drop sure. the Girl's number one fan. Yeah, and it's 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 easier to even to point to stuff that I did with like American Train Collective and be like, this is a song I wrote and played on guitar and sang. Here you go. That's my voice. That's my voice right here. It's not great, and but you can love it. I think that's the other challenge with, with music is like uh if you're not the voice it is very hard to be like yeah this is this is my band this is my band somebody else sings yeah right oh who's singing his name's michael <laughs> like he's like a good friend of mine oh, yeah <laughs> we are yeah we're buds and then because your band has multiple guitars do you find yourself being like well no that part's not what that one is i don't usually that get that i mean I'll, I'll do that with like
like Kate. And she'll be like, okay, which which part did you write? Which part did you do? And she'll sit there. We'll sit there in the car and pick it apart. But like, for the most part, it's just like I'll be like, yeah, this is this is my song. Do, do what you will with it. Like it's not yeah. it's not for you. <laughs> right. Which one's your song? On what? On Happy Again. They're all my songs. You I mean you wrote which one did you write the words and guitar licks for i guess you wrote the guitar parts for all of them yeah which which ones did you write the words for um i mean it's just like it's like a team effort yeah yeah like i'll tell you drop the girl if if you listen or have not listened it's an excellent pop punk band so a la like honestly like fallout boy like if you like fallout boy you'll like this if you listen to the punkest pop albums it's very similar to that uh, if you haven't listened to Drop the Girl, you should well, so, right so now. So here was this story with, so I didn't write any of the words for Survivor's Guild. I or joined the you, band like after the songs were written, but I did make new guitar parts for it. That's um, cool. I did get to record the album. Like I, we, we did the whole thing. Uh, and a lot of like the, the, I played lead guitar and a lot of that just gets done in the studio. It's like, I can go in with a pretty good idea what I'm going to do. At the end of the day, like it's the last thing to go on top of everything else. So it's got to really, really, fit. it's really got to fit in the gears. Right. Uh, and it's got to match the harmonies change. The whole thing changes. Sometimes the chord structure changes and like the leads that I wrote won't work anymore. And we'll have to retool them. We'll have to redo them and everything. That's a very on the fly decision. Um, I mean, I, I pretty much wrote burn after reading the rest of them. Michael did the original cut of the lyrics for, because he was writing those while I was, it was like uh, he wrote that in like November 2019 or 2018 when I was in no place to be writing song lyrics. Right. And so I very much came to that. And it was definitely a little bit of like, I like this. I don't like this. And and so like not a lot of the words on that are mine, but they are our words. Like I didn't, there was nothing I fought him on. Right. And I haven't done a whole ton of songwriting, like lyrics songwriting. I would not say it's my forte. I would like it to be. I would love to put out. And I am, I have been casually working on solo music. It's something I very much want to do and achieve like, you know, capital G goals in this life. Is that like Ethan puts out a record? that he recorded on a jukebox and it doesn't sell just three records. I mean, that would be rad. And there's definitely part of me that would love to do the, the Mountain Goats thing and just like, yeah, write an album in, in a week and then record it on a on a tape on a boombox and have it like mastered by somebody and just put it out on tapes. I would love to do that. But I would also like to do like, you know, a, an actually polished project. That is my stuff. I think, I think artists in general put a lot of pressure on themselves to be completely original. And this is, so I'm going to tie it back to the film. Jane didn't invent the thing that she was painting. No. She was she was painting something that she was probably a picture that she took right yeah and then she was painting that and i think yeah, i don't she think she probably up, stood in the street with an easel that those days are kind of gone for a hundred hours yeah for a hundred no. hours yeah. now that stuff still <laughs> happens for sure but but even still you're painting something you're looking at you're not inventing the architecture you're not no and I think this was like, like when I was in music school or, or more music school, I was pretty down with the idea of like, okay, we have to learn music theory first. But like in high school in like jazz band, I would be like, why do I need to know what scales I'm supposed to play during the solo section? Isn't it jazz? And I think you don't have to invent, invent the architecture. No. Is the, is the message I want to send here. It's like, you can build off of what already exists. In fact, that's probably how you're going to succeed. Yeah. And I know that if you invent the architecture, you will be remembered like Da Vinci. Okay. You know Da Vinci's name for a reason and it's not lebron james didn't invent how to shoot a free throw no he just mastered it yeah they, i don't know what i don't know what lebron james <laughs> is particularly good at i will say this uh this was a very interesting experience for me i when i was in india we had our first stop we were at this university in like a suburb of calcutta yeah and we were there for like five days and had to play one of those five days. Okay. And we spent the rest of this time kind of hanging out with this Australian muralist named James. I love James. Who was like there to write or to, to his job there was to paint a mural on a wall in that five days. Did India pay him to do this or like? Uh, the university did. Okay. It, it was there for the, like their whole like cultural festival thing. Okay. And so he took this bright orange wall and painted this huge mural on it. And like, I watched this dude do that, like from sketchbook, from photo to sketchbook, to outline, to 
paint on wall outline to like doing everything on it. Does it ever frustrate you how fast you did that when you're like, all I need to do is paint the walls in this room. It's going to take me a week and a half. It, no, it, no, no part of it was frustrating because he was Australian. So he was the chillest dude ever. They are super chill. And you could just ask him any questions you wanted to. And the, the way the dude thought about stuff is just so fascinating. And he like is a traveling muralist. Like that's his job. He just goes around the world and paints murals. Is he able to pay his monthly life insurance? Is yeah. my question. Yeah, he seemed pretty damn happy. Yeah, you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he probably owns, you know, a mansion. I don't think he's the next Ansel Adams or the next Da Vinci, but that dude seemed pretty happy living his lifestyle. You, here's, I guess the permission I want to give, you don't have to be the next Da Vinci. Correct, to yeah. To make something great. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I put out a photo book earlier this year that, that I got over 20 people that messaged me back being like, yeah, this made me cry. Yeah, I think about your photo book a lot because it also tells a story. I think we will remember all of 2020 as your photo book. I really genuinely do. I think five years from now, we'll look back and I think... I think our memory will be that short and be like, this is what the whole year was like. This is what the whole year was like, even though in reality that was that was that was one week two, in April. Yeah, I mean it was it was nothing was everybody was that in. Yeah, it was the um, 16th through the 23rd that I took those pictures. We will look back and we will say, I stood stayed in my house the whole year as though we didn't go to Target right. every week. Right. And you, like we'll talk about there was empty parking lots for months and months. No, there wasn't. Uh, and I think your book is important to remember now of like, this is the level of effort we should be giving this. And it's it's worn on us so much yeah. of quarantine, of don't go out, of wear your mask, of the whole thing, of, of, of appreciate your, your frontline workers. We should never stop appreciating frontline workers, ever. But it, it's worn on us so much that it's become like, I just want it to be over. I will say this, the idea of the mask has inter it's infected my mind like no other temporary situation ever has. Tell me more. So like, you know, if I say, I'm trying to think of a good way to like frame this, right? Because like you get in temporary situations all the time. Like you live in an apartment maybe for a year or whatever, right? Right. And you adapt to living in that apartment, but then like, you know, In don't that apartment, every month on the first, you have to change the air filter. What? That was, that was, uh, when I lived in my townhouse every month on the first, we, like our, our landlord would text us and be like, rents do also change the air filter. Wild. Yeah. Um, but like the mask is such a part of my brain space now that I was watching the Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch, the animated Grinch movie, and he walks into a convenience store. The Grinch walks into a grocery store without a mask on, and I was like, that mother How that dare stupid he? anti-mask yeah. walks into a grocery store like that. How does he not even think about people? And it's like, it's, it's just the immediate gut reaction of like, what? He just, he's not wearing a mask. What is wrong with this dude? That was my reaction watching these movies. They go into Freddy's, the bar with, uh, anytime Jake anybody McDermott goes from, into from anywhere Greek. in any piece of, 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 and they're not wearing, they don't wear a mask in the whole movie. Wasn't even on set. Now, when it's, which is, which is crazy because this was filmed during quarantine. Yeah. So actually, uh, it wrapped in February of 2020. Did it really? So, so they wouldn't have even known. Man, talk about uh, getting this one in under the wire for it to yeah. then be hugely successful. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, yeah, okay, well, this will be a, you know, because I guarantee you this was slated for release, like regular release. I don't think Hulu made this movie. No, I don't think so either. I think, I think yeah. Hulu bought this movie. I think Hulu made, th I, th I think. Netflix this does this movie... all the time. They just put out that Kodachrome movie I was talking about. They came out like 2007, or not 2007, 2017 at, at, at like Toronto International. And then Netflix was like, ah, this is a Netflix original. <laughs> 
That happened. You remember one time when we were doing the hash browns as like a past the hash browns. I'm going to ask you to watch this. You yeah. asked me to watch this sort of a segment. White Gold was like a show on the BBC. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a Netflix original. And people were like, well, no, Tyler, it wasn't. So Netflix does <laughs> this all the time. Netflix has been doing this with TV shows where they will buy it and add a season. They did this with Arrested Development 15 you years did later. With White Gold. Yeah. But like that, they, 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 will add, they will continue the show. They'll buy the show and then be like, no, this didn't need to die. Um, but yeah, so you don't need to be Da Vinci to create something great. Uh, just do something that makes you happy. Don't burn yourself out on creative projects because you feel like they need to be perfect done is better than perfect almost every time yeah perfect doesn't exist okay done is where the artistry exists the, the so many people believe the artistry is be, is between the panels you know this is scott nicewander is 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 between the the, br the brush strokes i want to look down the camera down the lens real quick at any budding artist especially visual artists the thing that i have learned you're never gonna be happy with it. Well, Ethan's never gonna be happy with it. If you submit it, he will find a flaw. No, 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 no. You're gonna <laughs> look at your picture and be like, even after it's printed, right? Because I firmly believe, and I take this, I take this aspect with everything I do uh, with photography is just hit the upload button, hit the print button, hit whatever button. It's the same thing I do with podcasting. And I'll go later and be like, man, I really just uh, missed a spot. I missed a little, little dust spot on that film scan. Could have done that a little bit better if I just poured my time into it. And I get down that track of like, well, then I can, you know, I try not to edit a picture for more than a certain amount of time, right? Unless I'm actually like editing a picture and, and building something out of nothing, doing design work. Oh, but if it's just like a photo I'm posting on Instagram, I try not to really edit that for more than like five minutes. So you did design work today where you misspelled the word featured. I did misspell the word featured. <laughs> Photoshop doesn't have a, uh, Photoshop doesn't have a freaking uh, underline it and underline it thing. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's so funny. I've done I've, it before, I, too, where I've printed something and they'll be like, hey, this looks great, but you misspelled the. <laughs> so you you uploaded it to Drive and then I uploaded it to, to Facebook and Discord. And then realized and, there was a typo. And then my wife calls me from across the hall and she's like, as we work from home, and she's like, Tyler, there's a typo in the thing you just posted. And I was like, well, that's as much on me as it is on Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, at first, because you were like, you made a typo and featured, and I was like, I, I went to my computer to go, like, fix it, and I saw you'd already posted it everywhere, and then, like, eh, whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, I it, it wasn't like we were posting, like, an announcement for a new show, which, by the way, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, or you have a podcast, and you're like, man, you know, it'd be nice to join a network, or maybe have somebody edit it, you can so join WBNE, we would love to have you, we're, we're looking at adding, maybe doubling our number yeah, by the you, end of the year. Also, if you've already submitted to us, we are uh, taking submissions. Very seriously, we are working on them. Uh, the, Deliberating. Yes. Uh, February, or not February. November's been crazy enough that I just called it February. Um, our, our goal is to have shows yes. added to the network with episodes coming out on January 1st. Yes, so we will be back to you very shortly. Yes. We have not forgotten about you. Um, but if you if you have an idea for a show or if you have a podcast, ideally, if you have a podcast, but truthfully, if you have anything, uh, we're, we're excited to help you make your dreams of podcasting become a reality, whether that be with us or just finding a way for us to support you in that dream. And if you're sitting here saying, man, I've got a few extra bucks a week and I need my podcast edited, call me. Even if it's just an a la carte, like I just need it this week. Yeah, I just we need it this week. I'll do that. Also, go to ethanedgehill.com, buy my prints. You missed the sale, but we might be able to cook up a deal. Hit me up. Bang my line. Who sponsored uh, Late to the Party last week? Uh, tip of the Diceberg. Tip of the Diceberg. You know, while we're while we're shouting stuff out, check out Tip of the Diceberg on Instagram. Check out Tip, tip of the Diceberg. It is a, a dice company that was made and founded by members of the Bacon and X community. Now, they, they did not meet because of being Bacon and X community, nor do I think they created dice because of the Bacon and X community, but they are community members and we're very proud of them for making dice. excited about it existing. Excited for them to exist.
I also just love Jess and Ben Same. and want to support them in all endeavors. For sure. Also, dice are mad cool. They're doing like rose gold leaf dice. Yeah. Extremely That was extremely cool. cool. And they do the, 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 you know how some dice are like sort of rounded and some dice are sort of whoosh, sharp. They do some of the sharp edged ones as well, which I'm a big fan Dice of. for all seasons. Dice yeah, for so all. Check out, check out Tip of the Diceberg on Instagram, I think is where they're primarily running this thing out of for right now. Um, go to ethanedgehill.com or darkroom or edgehillphotos.darkroom.tech to buy prints. Go to do whatever Tyler wants you to do for his stuff. Um, You know, I'm not going to ask much of you. Um, Go to po- patreon.com slash popcorn culture. <laughs> popcorn culture. The one thing you don't work on. <laughs> get get your person card. I know that's the, that's the one project WBNE's not involved with. I'm not involved with. I am. A, I'm heavily a, involved Ethan, with. Ethan is heavily involved. I have edited. Patreon. I've edited 51 of Popcorn Culture episodes. Go to Patreon.com/slash/SuperCarlinBrothers and sign for up. Sign up for the uh, Quizmaster tier to get your question entered into the Quizmaster question of the game. That's my job. I'm the Quizmaster. Uh, I want to talk about this film. There is a line where Dan Levy calls and he says, "I was too harsh on you before," and I want to listen to you and this is not just an lgbt thing this is what friends should be doing for friends this is dan's character in this movie john has so many excellent lines and so many excellent moments he carries the film in ways that i think a lot of other characters don't we need to be telling our platonic best friends i care about you i care about your problems and i want to hear what's happening and i want to help i want to provide valuable constructive advice or i just want to listen to what's going on right. i want you to feel comfortable opening up to me uh and this is something i found very valuable in my life mary clay today asked us what she was interested in which she's one of my best friends in the entire world that is like i know that she was just asking just probably just to be silly but that is like a really i was thinking about like could i ask anybody that question could i ask anybody to assess my hobbies i would get so many different answers i i think i would like i because i could i have different sets of people that interact with me for different reasons are you a different person to all those people uh no no i don't think so i think that they i am a i am a man of not many faces like many faces sounds wrong you know what i'm saying but like I, i'm not gonna talk to my podcast friends about the intricacies of of you know the inner workings of 1950s roliflex cameras the same way that i'm not gonna talk to the people who listen to drop the girl about happiest season i think you'd find a lot of people who listen to drop the girl have seen happiest season. sure but that's not really where the thing lines up and like that is definitely i don't get a lot of growth on the old twitter box uh these days because i tweet about a lot of different things and i will definitely get DMs sometimes and responses to, from people that are like, hey man, no clue what you're talking about here. Like, I I, uh, I pointed out a scene earlier today in, in episode three of The Queen's Gambit where they, they super exaggerated the shutter sound of a really old camera. And I was like, hey, this is a super exaggerated shutter sound. And I had some, one of my friends text me and be like, fucking right? Here's the and nobody, thing, everybody Ethan. else on Twitter was like, yeah, totally, guys. As somebody who knows that cameras work, I have no idea about that camera, but I know that cameras work and I know they take pictures and I also know films make moving pictures. You honestly mean to tell me that you are more knowledgeable than the Foley guy that made that movie uh yeah because i literally own that camera that dude also owns that camera it's in the movie right but the camp they didn't record the camera sound well obviously they recorded the camera sound and they're like well that's obviously not gonna work hang on i 
can show you. I can show you what this camera sounds like real quick. Hold on, I, got, I don't even see you on Zoom. There we go. Hi, Ethan. Hello. I gotta un I gotta unload this roll of film real quick. It's in it. Are you gonna take a picture of me on Zoom? No. Oh. Bro, this film is expensive. Not worth it. Wow, I'm not worth it to you. No, no this I hear Zoom. You. No, this no, picture no, 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 of a computer no, no, no. screen on 400 speed film is not worth it. No, I hear you. It's cool. Okay. I am the Ahsoka Tano of your friends. Remember that time you yelled at me for being a bad friend because I didn't ask you to take family portraits? Here's the thing, Ethan. I need you to shill your family portraits. I need you to shill your services because if you don't shill, I'm not going to know to ask. You can always ask. I don't particularly like doing family portraits that much. Well, then I'm not going to ask you. you but I like want to do them for you. I don't care about them as a business model. I don't know how to do this. I'm just going to call Maria. She'll do them. Okay. Fine. She wants to do them. Sure. She likes doing them. I, I enjoy doing them for you. I don't care about doing it for other people. I like hanging out with you and Emily and Olivia. I like taking pictures of Olivia. She's mad who, cool. Who else have you done family for, portraits for? Tell me, Ethan. Um, not that many people. You did you did the Millahans. I did the Millahans two years in a row. Um, Real quick, Dan Levy's tracking all of his friends. Is this the future? Do kids give their location to their friends? You'll have to answer the, I, or you'll have to ask the, uh, I only talk through Instagram DMs crowd. That's bonkers. Anyway, really me. quick, I want to play you the shutter sound from this camera real quick. Okay. What did it sound like in the movie? Click! Wait, do that again. Click! Well, obviously, I mean, if you were to put a microphone into that camera, would it sound like that? Hang on. I gotta, I gotta wind it with like a, like a crank. I saw an episode of MKBHD where he was using one of the original, like, hold on. Yeah, obviously they're not going to use that sound for a movie, Ethan. That sounds boring as hell. Right, and, and it was a joke tweet. <laughs> I think I literally said, like, oh, I hate it when people nitpick stupid details. Also me. And then I, and then I criticized the focusing distance. You did. Because he was real close to her, and it says right here, it says right here, three feet. Do you have to measure that? Do you take, like, a yardstick everywhere you go? No, I just focus it. I look in the thing. Although, yeah, you theoretically, the, the, the theory there is that you could place a subject, I don't know, 18 feet away, right, and then turn the dial to 18, and it would be in focus. That's bonkers. This camera was made by the Soviets in Germany in... 1951. When When is Ethan's solo pod camera history? I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about doing a photography podcast. Nothing Nothing says podcast more like a visual medium, you know? You'd be surprised how many, like, analog photography podcasts there are. I would be. Maybe Maybe there's a market for one that appeals to the masses. Maybe. I don't think I could do a solo pod, though, unless it was, like, journalism. The truth is, we don't appeal to the masses. One of the things I love about Bacon and Eggs, and I may break your heart telling, the, telling you this, is our audience. The size that it is, the community that we've developed. I love it. I, I have very little desire to go traditionally viral. I mean, yeah, that's fine. Mr. Mr. Uh, you know, I, I got a great 40-hour job a week. I love it. I make that kind <laughs> of career. I, just, I don't need this to be more than a side hustle. <laughs> I, my, my dream, Ethan, is that we can get you zillions of dollars. Editing other people's podcasts. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm running out of time is the problem. Well, to get you good enough that you raise your rates. I'm hoping to, yeah. Rates are all going up soon. So rates on everything. Listeners, get get in. If you're if you're like, man, I need a podcast editor at a reasonable price, Ethan, I'm sure we'll still be a reasonable price when rates go up. But we'll lock that contract in here before the end of uh, Q4. Yeah, I definitely have thought about going more uh traditional photographer route and doing more more uh um like like photo sessions, like portrait sessions, maybe doing weddings. I think Pro it'd be faster way to to uh 401k income sure yeah <laughs> then the um the problem is with weddings is that uh you gotta have wedding experience and i do not and now that weddings are happening again those jobs are hard to come by so you can't 
I know that this is obviously not what anybody wants to do, but it also makes yourself incredibly marketable. Can you not just call up a wedding photographer and be like, hey, can I be your point C on this wedding? Can I just show up, take pictures and give them to the not, bride and groom? Yeah, for no, you? I mean, I could theoretically, but like, that's the thing is like the jobs are taken. Like the C point person. Yeah, is taken? because those people needed the job. They, they saw the, the light before I did. Right. Well, I held a, I held a, um, you know, call it, call it optimism, call it clinical depression, but I held out <laughs> longer than I needed to. I could, I could already see out of context bacon and eggs tweeting that one <laughs> but i was like you know in the back of my mind i was like i can't go back to i can't i can't do the job that can't work for somebody else man like i had the thing made i had the thing made i had the thing made because i did like i had 2020 sewed up done i knew where every dollar i needed this year was coming from sewed up i won I, I won the game i did the thing that i wanted to do i turned myself in one year i turned myself from guy who picks up a camera into marketable business person that goes on the road and takes photographs of musicians i turned that into a job in one year and that job evaporated and i definitely held on too long to like it's gonna come back i swear to god it's gonna any minute now any any minute now it's gonna come back and i'm gonna be fine gonna be totally fine and in the I, meantime, I, I don't think so. In the meantime, people bailed ship on that. And we're like, okay, I'm gonna go start doing weddings. And the minute weddings come back, I'm gonna be ready. And I was sitting here like, <laughs> okay, so live. I mean, once there's a vaccine, live music will come back. But I don't think like this is this is. If I've learned anything from the world of business, it is that every investment is a gamble either way. So you holding on, I don't think was necessarily like. I don't think you were wrong to do that. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Right, yeah. So <laughs> right, like if we knew in March that this was going to be going on until at least January, then I think you would have been like, oh, obviously I will take jobs otherwise, but, but it's a gamble. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know. You know, there were projections that said it was, and now 20, you know, hindsight being 2020, we're like, well, obviously those projections were right. Why weren't you following that? But it's like, there were also projections that it was going to be gone by June. Yeah. So here's the problem with, uh, with what I did and the way I had everything set up is like, I got a bunch of jobs for earlier in the year. And then I booked a bunch of jobs based on the name recognition of the jobs I got earlier in the year. Right. Right. And now none of those jobs happened. And I'm sort of back at my end of 2019 resume. Right. And everybody else is already established. And when, when the, when everybody starts emailing these bands again and be like, Hey, can I have somebody, you know, I got to hope that people honor their, their word, you know, and that's not necessarily. I gotta hope they remember who I am because a lot of these were for people I didn't know right that's right. the nature of any contract work is like I gotta hope that they remember who I am you are a good enough picture taker that I have no doubt that they that you will be that, that, that if you if you start taking pictures again I have no doubt that your name recognition will return right but it's gonna look so much different what's well, gonna be different for everybody though like, yeah everybody's playing on a different playing field right yes for sure and that that's that's just what I'm saying is that like it's a lot of ethereal kind of in the air like because the end of the day there are gonna be more people opting for the same spots than there were before because there, there will be fewer spots and there will be more people looking for those jobs and that does not usually end up well for the person without the name recognition it's the same deal with like I don't know nobody wants to hire me to do their elopement or whatever because I don't have wedding experience well I can tell you from experience I went to a wedding during the pandemic I'm ashamed to admit it uh the wedding industry pretends there is no pandemic and that's the thing is I'm not 100% willing to be part of that right like the money isn't worth dying right going right. to a an uncontrolled wedding and dying because like and the problem is there's lots of photographers that don't feel that way, right? They're willing, they'll take the job. Fine. It's a job. It's what I do. Done. I think here's, here's the, the challenge I think is if it's if wearing a mask protected me, I'd do anything. I'd show up to anywhere. But wearing a mask is, it doesn't protecting it others. Everybody else from you. Right. And ain't nobody going to wear a wedding or a mask at a wedding. No. Why? I mean, obviously, I mean, I know why you would, but why would you? Well, at that point you've That's, already hedged your bets, right? You're there. You're in the room. Fuck it. Right. You, you had to eat the meal. So why not dance? And I'm not willing to be the, I'm not really willing to sell my soul that way. Not sell my soul 
oh, that sounds dumb, but like, I, it's the, the money and the name recognition is not worth it. I'll figure out how to make it somewhere else, right? And I have. Shop small business, man. You have no idea how much that is helpful. Not just my small business, small? everybody's small business. Go to somebody's Etsy store and just fucking buy something. That is, so, so Christmas time, I try to buy the bulk of my items. There's some things that you have to go to a big box store for. Um, you know, I won't pretend that I'm not sure. easily, easily sure. drawn in my brands even sure. just like I want, I want the shirt with the whale on it, which I didn't ask for any of that this year, but, but it's like, been a minute. yeah, it's been, been a minute on that one. Uh, but, but like, I won't pretend that I'm not like my phone has an apple on it. I'll tell you that my whiskey has a turkey on it. I'll tell you about yeah, that. Okay. They don't make iPhones. On, they don't make smartphones on Etsy, right? They don't make right. locally <laughs> farm to table smartphones. <laughs> right. But if they, did, but, but like, like, uh, I'm interested in in a, a uh, like a, a turn it off phone, like a Medita yeah. phone, like something with e ink that will receive text messages, and I have to respond with T9. Yeah. Like I would, I would die for a, a phone that I could put my SIM card into, right. and it would I could take calls and unplug. And that's it. That was sort of just beside your point of shop small. Uh, and shop small, it makes a huge, huge difference. Even like I work for a mid-sized company and I notice every order that comes in, yep. every single order. And and I work at Bacon and Eggs at a very small company and I definitely it notice was, it every It was very order. interesting because I did, I sold, I put my Sunflower prints on sale for the first time um, on Friday. Mm-hmm. For, for Black Friday as well as this Saturday and, and Cyber Monday. And it was definitely like, because I'm selling them at a pretty high markup, right? Like, it, I'm selling well, you're the- You're not, right? Like, so so it's art is so hard to mark up, right? Because- That's the thing is it's such a hard conversation, right? Because somebody who's established would sell a print like I'm selling for $100. Right. $200, right. I'm not. I'm selling for 20 bucks right now. Uh, and you know what? I keep a lot of that. I keep a lot of that I don't $20. think there's anything wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong. No, there's that. not. But that's what I'm saying is like, if you buy a print from me for $20, that's a lot of money of that that I get to keep, right? That's why I, and like I, I started selling through a, a print on demand service because I have a lot of people that are like, oh, I would totally buy this. And like it's one person that would buy it. And so I'm like, I'm going to use that service to call your bluff. OK, right. You know, you say, hey, I want to pick I want a picture of this parking garage that you just took. You know, I want this on my wall. And I'd be like, cool. It's on the print shop. If I don't see an order in the next hour, I'm going to know you're lying. Right. But I don't, I don't always necessarily think people are, are bluffing. I think it's like I, I honestly sometimes I think it's, I would buy this. But the fact that it's unavailable, like, it's not a bluff so much as, like... It's easier to say you'd buy it if you know it's not available for sale. Right. Yeah. And so... And that's fine. No, I am I'm, I am 100% the same way. Somebody will release a book, and I'll be like, oh, I would totally buy this. And then it comes out, and it's $12, and I'm like, mm, $12 is not really in that budget right now, so... I bought uh, author Beth Riegel's Christmas book. Did you? I, I, I did. I turned a giveaway. Um, I bought, the, I bought it. She was, she was on Instagram. She was like, I've got copies, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a copy. I think, I think you should support Beth Riegel's any way that you can why am i have beth regals on the podcast yet uh so we're waiting for you to be sick for beth and i to talk about the kissing booth not that i think you wouldn't enjoy it uh but that was like i pitched it to her on tiktok and i was like one day ethan's gonna be sick and you and i will talk about the kissing but i want to talk to beth <laughs> uh i think she listens so beth if you're listening um christmas is more or less covered but january if you want to talk to kissing booth we can do that or you can come on and talk about a christmas movie or you can talk about a christmas movie i think we're doing next week we had something lined up for next week with we a got oh uh, we got danny Vienen, Vienen, Vienen? Vienen. Danny, i think Vienen? it's venon venon Danny Vinton talking about uh, the, the 15th anniversary of, of Chronicles, of Chronicles of Narnia, uh, which I'm very excited about. I may read the book between now and then because that's a super fast read and I own it. I could do that. I think I could put I could think I could ink on paper uh, the line, the witch in the wardrobe. I think I could. Yeah, I actually. So um, when Olivia was in the womb, I read Sorcerer's Stone to her and Line the Witch in the Wardrobe and Magician's Nephew. That's so cool. Such a cool dad. My new baby in the womb. I've read no books, too, but I You're still, still have a cool dad. Weeks. Thank you. Olivia's rad 
Libby's the best freaking She's such kid a cool kid. Ever. I freaking I'm love I'm so my excited for her to start like so saying much. things and like having well, thoughts. Currently, if you're like, Olivia, what sound does a dog make? She goes, oof. That's so cute. Everything she does is just adorable. <laughs> I, I'm very scared uh, for the indifference that comes from my child who can annoy adults who are not my family. I'm very nervous about that. Because um, when I go to like family gatherings or extended family gatherings or friend gatherings and there are children present, my whole life I've known that I am good with kids uh and i will like make extra special like i'm more interested in talking to kids than i am adults most of the time uh and i so have I've, never once been more interested in talking to kids even when i was a kid yeah i i love talking to kids i pushed kids on the swing for like an hour and a half this weekend uh i loved it it was awesome it was fantastic i mean they, they were my family's kids like they weren't strangers uh yeah but and, and you know they talked to me about in science class we learned about volcanoes and like awesome what did you learn about volcanoes? And uh, my niece really loves Emily's Wonder Lab on Netflix, which I think is an amazing show. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's phenomenal. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, you'd probably be like, this is definitely for children. Uh, but Emily's Wonder Lab, there's a girl named Emily who... Uh, has a wonder lab it sounds like has a wonder lab and yeah. teaches kids about science and she's a female creator and she worked at nasa and she's an amazing story and she did it nine months pregnant and it's so cool and i just i appreciate her so much she's the space gal on tiktok if you've ever run into her i have uh and she's just fantastic um uh, so i i really love i like i i've always love talking to children and adults intimidate me like other adults know more sports statistics than i do and i i can't compete with that they'll be like what do you think of jim harbaugh maybe leaving michigan and i'll be like i would like him to come to washington uh but i really like ron rivera so i don't I know will what to say, say that is a really annoying thing about talking to you about sports what <laughs> is you can't anymore have a sports conversation without saying some dumb like oh man it'd be great if we had him in washington it's like that's not what the conversation's about truthfully right now truth this is a weird problem we have in washington drafting a quarterback is the answer because alex smith has a clock on him but yeah, we can't and, do and, that and clearly the last dude was not the answer even though you said he was the answer i think he's the answer he's still. not the I think, answer i think if he can learn from alex smith who can now play i think he can be the answer uh but i i truthfully think we have a real chance to maybe not win out but uh end the season near 500 we've kind of lost a chance to win it over 500 i mean we haven't we could if we went out we went over 500 the uh, crazy thing the cleveland browns can't go under 500 this year what makes me so mad about the Cleveland Browns is if they if they win the Super Bowl there would be an asterisk on it forever. What Despite if the they win this the, year? They're not going to win this yeah. year. Not a chance. No, the, they will lose to the Steelers in the divisional. Yeah. What's up? Nothing. What were you saying to the Teddies? <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to listen back through. That was one time you and Mary Clay were mean to me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be. She. I asked her what my interests were while you were gone. Actually, not while you were gone. A while ago before you were gone because we were talking about what are our interests. I just sent a text message to the group and she said three answers. These are very bacon and eggs answers. Tyler likes Pokemon. This is true. Tyler loves Pokemon. Has for 26 years of his 28 year life. You're not uh, 28 for two more hours. <laughs> two. Tyler likes weed whackers. I think which, weed whackers. Weed whackers here is a stand-in in my mind for dad stuff. I do like dad stuff. Soon, even before you bought a house, or when you bought a house, before you were a dad, you were like power tools is the thing. <laughs> do you know I have two circular saws? Which, to be true. fair, power tools are the thing, 
right? Power like, tools are fantastic. Power tools are awesome. Like they they're always like, oh man, get, you know, you see the Home Depot commercials like, get your dad a Craftsman tool set for Christmas, and I'm like, get your dad a mil- get your dad any the cheapest your, tool Milwaukee makes. Get your Buy Ethan it for your a dad. Craftsman tool set for Christmas. <laughs> Here's actually, you want to know your dad's ideal Christmas present? This is an underrated gift. You can get it for your dad. You can get it for your sibling who's going off to college. A lot of people don't even know this exists. Electric screwdriver. Not That's a drill. Not electric a drill. screwdriver. Electric screwdriver. Life-changing product. If you can get somebody an electric screwdriver and a hex, like an Allen wrench set of tools of a- uh, Where did you just make that noise from? Was that Alexa on your end? No, my Alexa is downstairs. Although you can see in the back of my frame, that's a, that's a Echo 1 right there. I do not have a f- echo in this room, but something in this room, when I said electric screwdriver, made the echo noise. So here's the electric screwdriver. If you get somebody an electric screwdriver and Allen wrench heads for it, they can build everything, everything. from Ikea and Walmart yeah. and Target. Everything. Um, I have a Milwaukee ratchet screwdriver that comes with long driver bits. And it's got like seven of them and they chamber inside the back of the screwdriver. To like drill holes? What? No. Oh, you said driver bits. Whatever. The long bits. You know what I mean? You can't like, drill holes. What? No. Okay. Like, like, like they, there's, there's a couple Allens. There's mostly Phillips head and flathead. This is a screwdriver. Right. But it's got long things, right? Like, and they stick in the back of the screwdriver handle and it, it turns into just a handle, right? I bring that mother everywhere. That thing yeah. went to India and back with me. That is the so, best tool I've ever owned. So here's the truth. You can get a Milwaukee one if you really want to go above and beyond for your father or college student or whatever it is. Uh, if you go to Target and go to their uh, the aisle that has uh, color changing light bulbs, that's where they keep the electric screwdrivers. I'm such a dad right now. I Oh, I'm in it. Uh, this is not electric. This is just a regular screwdriver. Oh, yours is a regular it's screwdriver. It's just a screwdriver screwdriver. Okay. Electric screwdriver. Something that plugs into the wall. Um, it usually doesn't have a removable battery. Just an inexpensive one. It will it will literally change the way that they install things for the rest of their lives. And it is such a fantastic gift. Ethan, Ethan's gift guide 2020. What is the best gift you can get somebody? This is, uh, the, I just do want you to direct you to the Zoom chat. This is ex- the exact screwdriver that I'm referring to. And it is my pride and joy of my screwdriving collection. Oh, that's a great driver. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I brought that so thing. It's got, so it's got a, in the handle, you can twist that off and it's got, you can store these. Is that what I yes, understand? Yes. Okay. So yeah. my, uh, my tripod that I use and also the, um, handle cage that I put around my camera, both have a flathead screwdriver attachment. Like that's that how is they, absurd. Nothing should have It a is absurd. Head. You're exactly right. But it's how they attach and I can't change it. I don't have like... I guess I could theoretically get different attach mechanisms for them, but I haven't. So I just bring a screwdriver with me. It stays in my camera bag and I have that screwdriver in my camera bag. And like I brought it to India and back. I've brought it on tour a couple times. It's the perfect screwdriver. Ethan's number one gift though of 2020. Um, uh, go to ethan and buy a print. <laughs> I'll be real with you. A lot of people that I love dearly this year are going to get Ethan Edgehill prints for Christmas because I'm broke and that's a cool thing to give somebody. I think it's a great gift. And I'm broke. Uh, I'm trying to think what gift I'm most proud of. I, I pour a lot of time and energy into gift buying and Emily, my wife, pours a lot of, I don't want to say money. That's the wrong word. Emily buys a lot of gifts for people. Like, yeah. Like, Typically, our family member has has two gifts, and I I think she's gonna round out around twelve or thirteen gifts for me for my for Christmas, and then she'll have a different gift for my birthday, and a different gift for Christmas or for our anniversary, which is also in December. Um, so it's she she gets thoughtful gifts. There's, I mean, I zero complaints about Emily's gift giving ability. Um, but I'm trying to think. I, I I try to think of high quality, and then if it's in my family, I typically am willing to spend probably up to hundred dollars on a present. So you can get pretty high thoughtful and high value. 
Caitlin keeps asking me what I want for Christmas and then gets mad at me whenever I ask for something I need. Here's what you want to tell her, Caitlin. Target has exclusive Pokemon Pro controllers for the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Buy one of them for your old buddy Tyler. <laughs> Buy one of them for your old buddy Tyler. There's a bunch of different ones. If there's one that has a Raichu on it, not just Pikachu, but Raichu himself, that's a great gift. But it's like, I want a pair of open back headphones for podcast editing. That's a that's an ask right there. It's not. Here's what, dear listener, if you're Christmas shopping this weekend, buy a pair of obscenely nice headphones for Mary Clay Watt. Oh, God. She would get, so if we, we could crowdfund a pair of QC30s in, 35. QC35s in eight minutes, and she'd be so mad. Just She won't even ask her the, family for them. They're like, they're like, please tell us what to get you for Christmas. And she's like, but I can't ask for anything nice. And then her family texts us and is like, if there was an exceptional gift I could get for Mary Clay. Be fair, Mary Clay's stance on headphones is the most frustrating thing ever. She texts she us like leaves. once a month and is like, how do I get new headphones? And we're like, here's how you get new headphones. She's like, I don't want any of those. I hate them all for a stupid reason. <laughs> you go on MKBHD, he relaxes Sony's, extremely comfortable. What I want I is, what I want is the freaking Markiplier headphones, the open back Sennheisers, but they're $340. I think you spent three hundred forty dollars on headphones. I sure I don't have three hundred forty dollars. <laughs> Me neither. But if I was to spend three hundred forty dollars on something and it was headphones, I would be like, right? But they were they are headphones that I would use for editing, but not recording podcasts. This is a big one. A lot of people listen to our show are interested in starting their own podcast. Um, you should get a USB microphone if your budget is around $100. We had a question in our Discord today about if you were to buy an XLR mic for $100, which one would you buy? I'd buy the pod mic, but you also have to buy an interface, which is going to be between $100 and $150. So I need to know your actual budget. Yeah. If you're buying, if you have $100 to spend on a microphone, <laughs> buy a Blue Yeti. Yeah. Or buy and a Yeti. Do not Nano. listen do not listen to anybody that says the Yeti is for amateurs. The Yeti might be for amateurs who are trying to record like commercial, like like animation quality audio. Sure. Right. Yeah. If you're sure. trying to do professional voiceover work. Right. But if you're trying to do podcasting, your earbuds are a perfectly good microphone. Right. But if you can, if you can afford it, buy a Yeti. Yeah. I highly recommend a Yeti. It's a wonderful microphone. It's very simple. The little Yetis in the, in the little thing show you how to do the thing. Yep. Uh, I got a cloud lifter this week. It's not plugged in. Oh, did you finally get one? Yeah, I got it right here. It's nice. My, this is my uh, birthday gift for my dad. Nice. Thank, thanks, John. Nice. You should plug it in. I know. I should. It's, it's, it's on my list. It'll change your life. I believe You'll it. You'll feel I so much more comfy about them levels. I was extremely excited about it. And my dad was like, you're not that excited. And I was like, no, I am. Dude, I'll tell you, I have a $400 microphone, right? The Shure SM7B retails for $400. If somebody bought me another microphone, I'd be jazzed. What do you mean? You don't like the Shure SM7B? No, I love it. But like if somebody was like, here's an Electro Voice RE20, I'd be like, oh man, now I get a choice. Now I can pick. I'm feeling a little more has. RE20 today. My dad is an RE20. I want a mic locker. This is what I've been saying for years. We should have more equipment than we could ever possibly use. Sure. I'm starting to come around on it, honestly. Yeah. But you want an absurd amount of stuff. You don't want a bunch of microphones. You want a bunch of microphones and 11 laptops and a bug out bag. This is true. So uh, when uh, the bug out bag is huge, okay? My job is on the road. I should absolutely have a bug out bag. Uh, no, this is true. Uh, if you're into podcasting, Best Buy had a Black Friday deal for a laptop that had more than four gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage, which is all you need to start with, for $129. A laptop running Windows 10. Not running Google, running Windows 10. Yeah. So you could download Audacity and record a podcast into it for $130. Yep. That's insane. Now, there's... There's nothing worse than the laptop microphone for podcasts. Yeah, we, obviously, you have to buy a microphone. I'm just making sure people know that, like, the laptop microphone, the, the webcam microphone on your laptop should be your absolute last choice. So so the, the issue we ran into is when we got into podcasting, we were right at the tail end of people own a laptop or home computer. 2020, people 
don't own a laptop or home computer, they have a phone. their phone, their phone. Maybe an iPad. Which, they have an iPad. So $129 to get you in the door of something with a USB port that can download Audacity. That'll run Audacity, yeah. That's huge. That is such, I honestly, honest, I was like, how much is available on my Best Buy credit card? How many of these can I buy? <laughs> And then just give to people. That being said, I do very much want an Electro Voice RE20. I don't know why, I just do. It's an awesome microphone. It's sure, very... yeah, I want a bunch of them. My dad showed it to me. I was like, this is the coolest thing. No, what I want is the freaking Justin McElroy microphone. The the um, the um CAD 1000 ES or whatever it is, because nobody in podcasting sounds better than Justin and Griffin. Nobody. Did, did you know that people mix them up? People mix all of them up. It's because we saw them live first, I think, that we I, never... I do think... We also saw the Crunch special live. That too. But we were able to sit there at Mabim Bam, and they were like, I'm your middleest brother, Travis McElroy. And I was like, I was ah, like, that's that one. Yeah. I'm your sweet baby brother at 30 under 30 mini luminary Griffin McElroy. I, uh, I actually have been getting frustrated recently with how long the intro is taking. Uh, that's just a, a personal criti- critique. The Bim Bam intro? Yeah. If you listen on Spotify, it's three clicks. Yeah. Like to get past this, the theme song? No, no, not the theme song, like the bit at the intro. Oh, I, I don't love think the bit every bit. time. I'm talking about the theme song and the what's up, you cool baby. No, that's, yeah. I to, get to, to get to the point where Justin is like, welcome back to my brother, my brother, how, whatever he does. I haven't listened to Bim Bam so long. It's like, I'm your middle his brother and if i show for the modern era i'm your middle or oldest brother justin McElroy. so so this is a true story that's three clicks I, on spotify i oftentimes say i'm either a griffin or a uh, clint but justin saying an advice show for the modern era is the most me thing you're a justin you're 100 percent a justin i'm not an oldest brother justin is definitely better at video games than i am sure but you're a justin you're the daddiest dad who's ever dadded you clint also is the daddiest you, you dad who's ever dadded what clint is the daddiest dad who's okay ever but clint's dad. not one of the three <laughs> He's one of Trace no, Horny Boys. No one's a Clint. I, You're a so, Justin. I know, but I wish I was a Griffin. That's the problem. Because Justin, anyway, like, Justin, like, picked up woodworking during quarantine. I did not. No, but uh, that's a thing that you would do. It is, yeah. You'd be like, I'm a woodworker, and then abandon it entirely. He did not. He's still in it. Well, he's uh, a better person than you are. Wow, okay. Justin McElroy, this is a call out. Uh, are you a better person than me? Okay. Uh, so, Ethan, it's wrap time. It is which, wrap honestly, time. We hit wrap time so much sooner than I expected. There's, the, the reason we hit wrap time so much sooner than I expected is there's truthfully not much to say about Happiest Season. It's a fabulous movie. I think the more LGBT films we get, the better. Right. Again, um, all ends of the spectrum. Bad ones that aren't written very well. Good ones that are written very well. Medium ones that are medium. Also, we said it wasn't very good, but Rotten Tomatoes disagrees entirely. 83 and 84 are excellent scores. Yeah. Uh, but also, we said it was a 60 and 65 which i think would both count toward plus a three out of five i think is an is a rotten score i think it's 59 and below isn't it is it i don't know um i don't and, know and i think this is a worthwhile and as far as a binary review i would say this is a one oh, definitely great thing i love about this one is a lot of the films we review are for film people but this is a rom-com that like wouldn't my say wife, a lot well not i wouldn't a lot, say a lot we did how many movies how many marvel movies how many star wars movies all of them those aren't for film uh, people those are for people people those are for people people but like but they're not for my wife okay and this movie was for my wife and she loved it she thought it was fantastic um i cried watching it big time cried i didn't like cry i was red wine i did not cry drinking i, I was, was i was drinking red wine during it so i i think that's why um do you have the audience score compiled ethan 
Um, I do. I gotta. I gotta do the math real quick. I forgot to okay. do the math. I did everything but do the math. Uh, fewer audience scores than normal. If you'd like to submit your audience score, uh, there's two ways to do it. You can get your listener review, like your quip included, if you're a member of the Patreon. Uh, the Discord server is where everything happens. I, I cannot understand this enough. Everything from our Patreon feeds out of the Discord server more than anything. So if you want to support us, but you're not interested in, in being a part of Discord, uh, that's totally fine. We'll gladly accept your support, but that is where a lot of the prompts to interact with the show exist. And I'll just tell you that now um, to give you a reasonable expectation of what is to come. Discord, if you're unfamiliar with it, is a is a chat room service. It was originally developed for gamers, but now it's pretty widely used to help manage communities. It is a great opportunity to interact with other fans of this show, as well as uh, fans of anybody from WBNE. Um, and that is where we aggregate the quips for the listener reviews, where we got Vinny's review this week, where we got Pix's review this week. And we'd love to have some more voices in there as well. We'd love to hear uh, what listeners have to say if you want to write a full review for films and you want us to pull a quip from it, we're happy to do that as well as as well as promote your full review. We're super happy to promote anybody who is getting started in the in the film review sector. Um, hey, T, I've been meaning to run something by you uh, yeah. on this conversation. Actually, I think that we should start a subreddit. We actually have a subreddit, and I am the moderator. Do we? It's at r slash bacon and eggs podcast. I did not know that. Yep. It has never had anybody post. Uh, I logged into it today and it said two members, three online. So clearly not very active, but we do have a subreddit, r slash Bacon Index Podcast. Well, we should drive some traffic there because I, I just joined the Popcorn Culture um, subreddit. I actually wanted to see if anybody had ever said anything about me on the Popcorn Culture subreddit. <laughs> I wanted to see if there were any uh, any feedback whatsoever. I was very curious and was having one of those moments where like I wanted somebody to step to me. You, you wanted somebody to be like, the editing this week was Subpar. sub bar yeah. but you know what i mean you know you, you know where you go digging for bad for bad vibes you've been there yeah. before I, I used to be a top fan on a local news channel's uh facebook page yeah so, so i got i, I got in a mood where i was i i was i was i was checking the the discord and the um the, the scb discord the popcorn culture section and the and the subreddit and that subreddit they're really having a lot of fun over there yeah benjamin more than once at a family dinner recently was like did you see this on the subreddit and i was like well dang they've been they, they keep talking about it more and more every week and it keeps getting uh because they crowdsource their corny joke there oh that's um good. and and ever since ben started doing the coyote thing it's just been a lot of coyote memes and it's real fun I, truthfully i've never listened to popcorn well culture. ben does a coyote thing i do know that they talk about me more than never on popcorn more than culture. never yeah but ben does a fun fact about coyotes every week and i've contributed to like making it a thing because I, I i without asking put a little like musical sting with it you should so ben was like here's a fun fact about coyotes and i was just like and just like like a three second thing uh, do you have the listener score? I do. Uh, so for the first time ever on Bacon and Eggs, we have a round number listener score. Really? Yeah, it came out to a round number. Do you want to know what that round number is, Tyler? Uh, can I guess? Yeah, go for it. 78. No, 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 no. The smile on my face should tell you something. It's 69. <laughs> Our first ever round number on Bacon and Eggs is a clean 69. Okay, so let me punch these in. Tyler scores 65. Ethan scores 60. 60. Rotten Tomatoes, 83. This is definitely going to be the lowest... lowest Lowest film on sure, our, uh, yeah, it should be. No, and I, uh, I, it is as from a good. step back point of view, is like it's 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 kind of a lame Christmas movie. Like at the end of the day, it's kind of a lame Christmas movie. It's not, you know, it's not Lord of the Rings. It's not Shrek. It's not an all time right. classic. Right. Uh. So the do you want to know the base score? Bacon X score? Yeah. Don't ever call it the base score again. I know it's not. It's that just was not bad. a base score. That's part of the problem with bagels is that uh, I don't like the name. Um, the bacon and egg score is a 68. Heck yeah, happiest season. So that definitely puts it at the bottom of the list, considerably below Easy A. 
I know that in the past we've kept the Christmas movies in their own echelon. Uh, I see no reason to now with the objective reviews. I agree. Uh, but that does put it in the last place by 12 points. Yeah, that's fair. I can't imagine that it will be uh, unseated anytime soon. Uh, next week we have a, a classic, so I have a feeling that will pass it. And then we don't have anything slated for the following few weeks. But uh, if I get to talk to Beth Reekles, that's always an opportunity to give someone like 100. Um, I would really like to cover uh, one of the one of the, 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 the classics this year. One of the old I ones. would also like to cover one of the classics. The, the Christmas classics are something that I'm woefully underread on. Um, so we can so uh, would, we got a week before that's going to happen. We can have a conversation about which one of those um, it will be. Also, a, there's something to be said for White Christmas because it's on Netflix. Okay, uh, but it's a Wonderful Life is the one that I hear more about. That's the one I really want to do, but it's so it's kind of hard to get your hands on. Can I not? buy it. I've, I don't know. I haven't really checked. In in the past, it's been sort of hard to get your hands on. Okay. Some of those older movies aren't as readily available because that's that'll be the oldest movie we did had done on Bacon and Eggs by, I don't know, 25 years, maybe more. I don't really remember when it came out. 1946. So about 20 years. So some of those get a little bit hard to, if they're not on Disney Plus, they get a little bit hard to put your hands on. But we'll figure it out. Uh, we got Narnia next week. Danny from Is This Editing? No, not Is This Editing. <laughs> editing is everything. What were you trying to say? I don't know. Uh, also, Slated sometime in 2020 2021 year four is uh andrew scott bell to come talk about hook yeah also to, to have beth regals talk about the kissing booth just know ethan i'll tell you now the beth regals coming on to talk about the, the kissing booth is an instant hundred from tyler okay if i'm talking to the author yeah, i mean of i don't think movie, I, I definitely think it would be a little bit of like yeah this is the perfect movie i promise <laughs> i i also love beth as a human being she's so cool. every interaction i've ever had with her has been fantastic yeah so, so i'm very excited to get her book christmas book very excited for the christmas book she just finished love christmas books i you know i i maybe just i i entered to win the free one but i may just buy it and see if every, i can get a i read copy. uh i read let it snow by maureen johnson john green and laura miracle every year fun fact I, so i i'm curious if i if i message beth and i don't know if she listens but if i message her and say hey if i venmo you the list price or more of this book will you just send via the mail fair i just bought it from the link that she uh said it turns out it was very easy it's way easier to buy a book from england than it is from america if you're buying it from not amazon one of my biggest complaints about the book industry is that amazon got its start as a book reseller and is the worst website to buy books from but it's also the easiest correct but like i don't mean worst like i'm, I'm very interested in the binding i'm very interested in the cover and a lot of times if i click the paperback option on amazon the image they show is not the image i receive really yeah like if you go on right now oh. and you buy ready player one it may show the original artwork but you will get oh yeah if i'm looking artwork. for something like that yeah I, i'm gonna go buy it in a store i'm actually gonna go to book no further tomorrow and buy ready player two is that the one downtown right yep. down the street from you still is uh, i keep I, I keep forgetting the name I, i'm used to too many books i know the owner she's very sweet well it's the one that's uh, right by me and they have it in the window so i'm just gonna go grab a copy that's very because i don't have a physical and i want a physical because i didn't get a physical well, i actually ended up getting one i had to hunt for it though i had to get a to, to get a uh non-movie cover hardback ready player one I also have a non-movie cover hardback of Ready Player One. It is on my shelf. It's a very sweet gift from our moderators. Uh, I did not receive mine as a gift. I received mine as uh, I walked into a Books A Million at the Potomac Mills Mall in wherever the hell that is in Northern Virginia and said, hi, do you have a non-movie cover version of Ready Player One? And the guy at Books A Million was like, hell yeah, we do. I hate movie covers. Help me find it. How cool would it be to own a bookstore? It'd be so cool. It'd be so cool. I think that none of them make any money. I don't know that that's true. Because if you thrift textbooks... 
you can support a business on that. I guess. I don't know. I would love to own a bookstore. Do it, Ethan. I don't have any money to open a business. You just go to the bank and say, hey, I'd like to open a bookstore. They would not give me capital right now. No? No. Well, if you start thrifting a bunch of books, they'll probably be like, well, at least you know what you're doing. Cool. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Our music is by... Nope. I almost said music by Vaishon Brandon. Our music is by Andrew Scott Bell. AndrewScottBellMusic.com. Going to be a guest on Baking Next here shortly. Our graphics are by Vaishon Brandon. Already been a guest. Graphite.vmb on Instagram. Um, This is... Well, I guess we already played a trailer in the middle of the episode. So uh, that was a trailer for Sincerely Us. Cool. Yeah. Uh, go to EthanSO.com. Buy prints from me. I need money. Uh, go to and also they're great Amazon. gifts for your friends. Slash ties wish list. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Um, that probably will take you to nothing. Uh, buy prints of Ethan's Ethan's prints for friends and family as gifts. They're very very nice. They come on nice glossy or non glossy paper depending upon what they come on. Depending on which uh, store you buy them from. Ah. If they come from uh, if they come from freaking um darkroom uh, edgehillphotos.darkroom.tech, they will come on a glossy paper. And if they come from me directly, they will not. Hmm. Are you not a gloss guy? I'm not. Also, this holiday season, go ahead and support your local bookstore. I, I bet there's one near you. And if you uh, if there's not one near you or you don't feel like going to it, you can go to bookshop.com and then buy books online and they will give the money to basically the closest bookstore to your zip code. So there you closest go. Closest like indie bookstore. There you go. Um, Ethan, you got anything else to add? Nope. Oh, this falls on number nine on our uh, nine film tw- year four list. Uh, Happy Season was a fantastic film to watch. I very much enjoyed it. Um... And we'll see you next week to talk about The Chronicles of Narnia. Go ahead and watch it now while you got the chance. Yeah, I've been in the Edge Show. He's been Tyler Carlin. Until next week, Arrivederci. Aubrey Plaza.